This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk all about coffee roasting. So we're going to put the roast in roast and reason uh, in this episode. In podcast episodes three, four, and five, we discussed where coffee comes from. In this episode, we're going to join coffee on its journey on the way to becoming the delicious beverage in your cup each morning. So today we're going to talk about the basics of coffee roasting. There will be at least two podcast episodes about coffee roasting. There's a lot of information here. This would be a really long podcast episode if I tried to jam it all in to one episode. So I'm going to split it up into at least two, maybe three. We'll see how it goes. So far we've discussed coffee farming how the coffee tree is grown, how coffee cherries, the fruit of the coffee tree, are harvested and then processed, which is the step where the coffee beans are separated from the skin and the fruit of the coffee cherry. We then discussed how coffee is hulled, packaged, and shipped, and then traded, along with many of the different certification programs that you will commonly encounter with coffee. So I know all of that's a review, but I wanted to give you guys the context here. So all of that's already happened and we've already talked about it. So coffee now is in the hands of a coffee roaster. So now it's time for my favorite step in this whole process, which is coffee roasting. One of the things that really got me interested in coffee and learning more about the industry as a whole was when I started home roasting coffee. I've spent literally hours tinkering with my little home coffee roasting machine, trying out different techniques and different roast profiles for various different types of green coffee beans. I'm totally the type of person who's always curious and wants to know how things work. And in home roasting coffee, I found a hobby that was fun, that I could tinker with, and that the product was freaking delicious. So really, how can you go wrong here? I used to, years ago, I used to roast, or I used to uh, homebrew my own beer. The problem is you had to wait about three weeks to taste the result. With coffee, when I home roast coffee, I can really taste the result right away. Now, you're supposed to let coffee sit for about 24 to 48 hours after roasting it, just so that it can go through a process called off-gassing. So immediately after roasting, it gives off a lot of carbon dioxide gas. And if you drink it too soon, the tastes are a little off. But the turnaround time here is either immediate or one or two days And I could really tinker with the profiles and figure out what I liked. Really cool process. It's the first thing that really got me into 
wanting to learn more about coffee and wanting to have this podcast. So today we're going to talk about roasting. And I guess the first question to ask ourselves is, is why do we even roast coffee? Like why is this part of the process? And odds are if, if most of you are like I was before I started home roasting coffee, if you don't roast your own coffee at home, and if you've never worked in the coffee industry, odds are you have never seen a coffee bean before it's roasted. I hadn't before about a year and a half ago. Before coffee beans are roasted, they are green in color. That's why we call unroasted coffee green coffee or green coffee beans. While there is some green coffee out there on the market that you can buy as consumers, it's mostly in the form of green coffee extract or green coffee herbal supplements. So that's where you're going to come across most green coffee, unless you are looking for it as a roaster. Green coffee does not have the classic smell or flavor that we all associate with coffee. So I want you to picture in your head right now, opening a bag of amazing, freshly roasted coffee. Imagine that smell. Think of what that smells like. It's delicious, right? It's chocolatey. Sometimes it's a little fruity. It's a little sweet. That coffee smell is not there in green coffee. If you were to stick your face and your nose into a bag of green coffee, you don't get that delicious blast of coffee smell. Instead, you are immediately going to be hit in the face with a fragrance that's reminiscent of hay or cut grass or green vegetables. It honestly caught me off guard the first time I smelled green coffee. Not at all what you think of when you think of coffee. And it's just not, it's not just the smell either. If you were to try to grind green coffee beans and brew them in hot water, you are not going to get the coffee that you want. The taste is not the coffee taste that you're used to. It will taste like it smells. It will taste like cut grass or hay, and it'll be bitter. It's the roasting process itself and the numerous chemical reactions that happen during roasting that turn the coffee from green to brown in color. It's these same reactions that produce and break down literally thousands of different chemical compounds within the coffee beans. The resulting soluble compounds in the coffee beans dissolve in water during brewing. And those compounds produce the flavor that we associate with coffee. The volatile compounds produce the fragrance in coffee. Again, these are produced during the roasting process. And it's the oils within the coffee bean and the dissolvable solids in the coffee bean that produce the body or thickness that we associate with brewed coffee. So in a lot of respects, coffee beans are very similar to certain foods. When was the last time you ate raw kidney beans or raw potatoes or raw peanuts or olives right off the tree? 
you don't. None of those foods taste very good until they're cooked. The same applies for coffee beans. They need to be roasted in order for us to consume and enjoy them the way that we drink coffee. So what happens during this roasting process? I, I mentioned that there are multiple chemical reactions and compounds produced, but on a broad scale, what happens? Depending on who you talk to in the coffee industry and coffee roasting industry, coffee roasting can be described as magic, as an art, or as a scientific process. Everybody seems to have their own way of thinking about it. Personally, I think it's a bit of all three. But one thing is for sure. Coffee roasting is an extremely complex process that involves numerous chemical reactions. It takes anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to roast a batch of coffee. So it's a pretty quick process. In that short period of time, literally hundreds of different chemical compounds are destroyed and hundreds more are produced, all of which lead to the smell and flavor of coffee. This is truly an amazing process. So we're going to briefly highlight some of these reactions during this episode, but let's hit on a few key points right up front. The process of coffee roasting causes the coffee bean to do the following things. Number one, it changes in color from green to yellow to brown. And if the roast goes on long enough, eventually black. And yes, eventually burnt or charcoal, but that's not typically the desired outcome. Number two, the coffee bean nearly doubles in size. If you look at green coffee beans, if you've never seen them, if you look at them, I bet you would be surprised how small they are compared to what you're used to in terms of the coffee bean size. That's because during the roasting process, the bean nearly doubles in size. Number three, the coffee bean loses almost half of its density during the roasting process. Number four, on a related topic, it loses a ton of its moisture content. A lot of the water that's in the, the green coffee bean is lost during the roasting process. And the coffee bean becomes brittle. The darker the roast, the more brittle the coffee bean. Number five, the beans initially gain, and then as the roast progresses, lose sweetness. Number six, the coffee bean becomes significantly more acidic. Number seven, the coffee bean develops hundreds or thousands of volatile compounds or compounds that contribute to the aroma of coffee. Number eight, the coffee beans pop loud enough or crack loud enough that you can actually hear them during the roasting process. It sounds like popping popcorn. And what's happening there is the bean is releasing water vapor and pressurized gases. We'll talk about a lot of these things as we go. So let's cover some of these reactions and changes. And let's start with the changing color of the coffee bean. 
before roasting, the coffee bean is green in color, as, as we've already talked about. And during the first few minutes of the roasting process, chlorophyll in the coffee beans is broken down, causing the coffee beans to change from green to yellow in color. Chlorophyll is the compound in green plants that causes them to look green. Same compound here. And at this point, literally all I can think of is chlorophyll, more like borophyll. The quote from one of the greatest all-time movies ever, Billy Madison. And if you don't know that movie and don't know that quote, I literally don't know how to help you. Um, But I digress and let's get back to coffee. So the first step as the coffee beans go from green to yellow as chlorophyll is broken down. As the roast progresses, the yellow beans start to become tan and then a light brown. This change from yellow to light brown is primarily due to a set of chemical reactions called the Maillard reactions. At this point, you might be thinking, what in the hell is he talking about? Maillard what? So Maillard reactions, and it's a French term, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I'm not totally sure. So these reactions are basically browning reactions that happen when you roast something. These are the same reactions that caused roasting meat to turn from red to brown. That's why when you boil meat, if you ever boil meat, I don't know why you would, but if you ever boil meat, it doesn't turn the same brown as when you roast it or grill it. That's because these reactions don't happen when you boil something. So at a chemical level, Maillard reactions occur as sugar molecules and free amino acids react together. Now, you don't need to know all of that. Basically, all, all I'm, the point I'm trying to make is these reactions cause the coffee bean to brown. These same reactions create savory and complex and bittersweet flavors, as well as several compounds that cause coffee's aroma. As the roast progresses even further from this point, the coffee beans are transformed from a tan or a light brown to a deeper, darker brown. The primary chemical reaction here is caramelization, which occurs at higher temperatures than the Maillard reactions that we just talked about. The caramelization process occurs as sugar molecules are broken down, producing numerous chemical compounds that cause the darker brown color in coffee. Other compounds produced during this process contribute to to coffee's aroma and the complex bitterness and crispness of coffee. When I say the word caramel, you might immediately think of the sweet candy or dessert food. But when it comes to coffee roasting, caramelization actually results in coffee that is less sweet, not more, because the naturally occurring sugar molecules in coffee are being broken down by this process. If the roast progresses further and we go from dark brown to black, another process kicks in, and that's carbonization. This process is basically the same as burning. So these are the major chemical reactions that cause the change in color of the coffee beans. In next week's episode, 
I'm going to talk a little bit more about the different roasts of coffee. So you might hear things like light roast or dark roast or French roast, Italian roast. Those all describe specific roast levels from light to dark. But for now, we're going to leave the color changes behind and talk about a few more reactions that occur during the roasting process. So we talked about color changes. There are also structural changes that happen to the coffee bean. Some of these structural changes you can see and hear. Some you can't. During coffee roasting, water vapor, steam, and carbon dioxide are created within the coffee bean. The creation of this vapor and gases causes the coffee bean to expand and nearly double in size. And as the coffee bean expands, it busts out of and sheds its final cover layer, which is called the silver skin or chaff. Back when we discussed coffee processing, I mentioned that there are two protective layers that surround the coffee bean. The parchment layer is removed during the hulling process, which typically happens right before coffee is packaged and shipped, except in a lot of Indonesian coffees. The silver skin layer remains surrounding the bean until this step in the roasting process, where the bean grows and breaks out of its layer. The chaff is removed and separated from the coffee. So if you ever see small little white or tan flecks in a coffee bag, and it's clearly not the bean, it's just like this kind of paper-thin white or tan substance. You'll commonly see it in specialty or, or craft coffee roasting bags. That's the chaff. So not it's not harmful, it's not going to harm you. Uh, most of it's removed during the roasting process, but some of it remains, especially in specialty coffee bags. That's what we're talking about here. The production of chaff, this, this shedding process, happens right before a very important time in coffee roasting. This time is called first crack. In coffee roasting, there is a first crack and a second crack. These are the times where you can actually hear the coffee beans making noise. First crack sounds like a loud popping noise. It's very similar to popcorn popping. On the other hand, second crack is a little more subtle. It's, it's very similar to the sound that Rice Krispies make when you put them in milk. Let's briefly talk about what's happening to coffee at these steps and why they matter so much. First crack occurs due to the buildup of water vapor and steam pressure within the beans. This causes the beans to expand and expand and expand until they can't take it anymore. And small cracks or fissures form on the surface of the bean and they expel steam. This causes a popping noise like popcorn. To the coffee roaster, this event, so first crack, marks the start of a light roast. Basically, coffee is not drinkable before first crack. At that point, it would taste like hay, it would taste underdeveloped, it wouldn't taste very good. So first crack marks the start of a drinkable coffee. It's the first sign that, hey, we're, we're at a 
uh, light roast level here. If the roaster is going for a lighter roast, as is the case with, with many of the current specialty coffee roasters in the country, they will frequently stop the roast somewhere between first and second crack. There's normally just a few minutes between first and second crack. During these few minutes, the caramelization process and numerous other processes occur. Gas production in the coffee bean itself also continues, and the accumulation of carbon dioxide eventually causes second crack to occur. And second crack is that more subtle Rice Krispie-like sound. Dark coffees, so dark roasts, are typically roasted to or beyond second crack. Right around the time of second crack, oils from within the coffee bean will actually bleed out onto the surface. And this causes the coffee bean to be very dark brown or black in color and has a shiny, oily surface. So anytime you see coffee with an oily surface, you instantly know that you're dealing with a dark roast. So that's first and second crack and why they matter. And again, in next week's episode, we'll talk about the different terms that are used to describe different roast levels of coffee. In addition to the color and structural changes that happen within the coffee bean during roasting, there are countless chemical changes as well. We've already discussed caramelization and the Maillard reactions, but there are a number of other changes occurring within the coffee bean as well, and I'm not going to touch on all of them. We're going to go on kind of a high-level highlights here, but we are going to talk about a few more. Aromatic compounds, or the chemical compounds that contribute to the aroma or fragrance of coffee, develop through a number of chemical changes. Maillard reactions create savory, earthy, chocolatey, and roasted aromas, while caramelization produces caramel, nutty, or fruity fragrances. The breakdown and chemical reactions of amino acids, sugars, acids, and lipids within the coffee bean during roasting also produce aromatic compounds. After these fragrance compounds are created, they become dissolved within the oils of the coffee bean. They're then released when coffee is ground and brewed, producing the amazing smell and flavor of coffee. These compounds are gradually released as well, and they're lost when roasted coffee is stored. This is why I like to say there's a shelf life of coffee. So if you were to compare a recently roasted coffee to one that had been sitting there in the grocery store shelves for months or even years, you will notice a significant lost loss of aroma in the older aged coffee. So that coffee won't hurt you. It hasn't gone bad, but a lot of those aromas are gone. They're lost. And again, this is one of the reasons why I personally and I strongly recommend that all of you buy fresh roasted coffee. So within two to four weeks after it's been roasted, that's why it really matters. It smells and tastes better. 
The final group of chemical changes I want to discuss is the breakdown and production of acid during roasting. When I say the word acid, you might immediately assume that this is a bad thing, right? We don't view acid as, as a great thing most of the time. Um, and, and you might think, well, it's probably the acid in coffee that makes coffee bitter. Not necessarily true. A lot of the acidity in coffee gives coffee its bright, complex, and crispness that makes coffee so enjoyable to drink. If you were to strip all of the acidity out of coffee, it would taste boring and flat. But some acids are good and lead to good flavors, and some acids are bad. So let's talk about a few of the more important ones. Chlorogenic acid, or CGA for short, is the most common acid in green coffee beans. CGA is an antioxidant. And it's one of the major compounds in green coffee supplements that people are looking for when they buy those supplements and consume it. It's for, their, for its antioxidant effects. Coffee, in fact, has the highest CGA content detected in any plant. The problem is it's bitter. It's one of the things that cause green coffee to be bitter. So CGA is broken down during the roasting process about 50% of it remains at very light roasts. And if you, if you like to drink dark roasts, only about 10 to 20% of the original CGA remain, remains in dark roasts. This acid contributes to coffee, coffee's lively acidity and it's kind of crisp bite and good flavor to it, but in too high of levels, like I said, it's bitter. So it has to be balanced. So this is one of the favorable reactions that occurs during coffee roasting. We don't want 100% of this as is in, in green coffee. We want some of the breakdown to occur. So there are several other types of acid as well. There's citric acid, quinic acid, acetic acid, and malic acid. They're all in coffee. And it may surprise you, or maybe it won't, but different coffees contain different levels and different types of acid. They're not all the same. And in some cases, this contributes to the different flavors and various, that, that various coffees contain. For instance, coffee from Kenya typically have a unique, bright, vibrant flavor. This is likely due to their relative high concentration of, of phosphoric acid. So phosphoric acid is not found in many coffees around the world, but it's found in a relatively high concentration in coffees from Kenya. This likely has to do with a lot of the unique flavor that comes from Kenyan coffees. On the other hand, if you were to compare an African coffee or a Kenyan coffee to coffee coming from Indonesia, like we talked about in the last podcast episode, like a Sumatra coffee, those coffees are typically very low acidity. So they're going to taste dramatically different. So where coffee is grown has a direct impact on the type and the amount 
of acidity in the coffee beans. Generally, higher altitude results in a higher acidity level. And the local growing conditions, especially humidity, contribute to the type of acids in the coffee. And you don't necessarily have to search out Kenyan coffee for its high acidity. If you like the flavor of it, great. I'm just giving you more of the background on why it tastes the way that it does. Some of these acids occur within green coffee beans and are degraded during the roasting process. But on the other hand, a number of acids are actually created during coffee roasting. The majority of acids produced during the roasting process are created during the early phases, the first several minutes. And the acid content within a roasting coffee bean peaks at very light roast levels. The acids are then gradually broken down and lost as the roast progresses. So, darker coffee roasts typically have less acidity than lighter roasts. So, those are the main reactions and topics related to coffee roasting that I want to talk about in this episode. So I know that some of the stuff was a bit in the weeds, as they say. So I, I thank you guys for hanging in there and staying with me. I, I really hope that this information was interesting and, and that you learned a thing or two. Um, in the next episode, we're going to be a bit more practical. So we're going to continue to talk about coffee roasting. But I want to hit on a, a, a couple other things, like what the coffee roasting machine actually looks like. You may have never seen one. What does it look like? What does it do? What are the different roast levels? So there are a lot of terms out there. I mentioned a couple of them before, like light roast, medium roast, dark roast. But there's also terms that you may or may not have, have come across. City roast, full city roast, French roast, on and on and on and on. So what do they all mean? And is one type of roast better than another? So we're going to touch on all of that in next episode of the podcast. We had mentioned that, that dark roasts have less acidity, but do dark roasts also have less caffeine in them? Again, we'll talk about that next week too. So tune into next week's podcast to find out all of that information and more. Hey guys. To end the podcast episode this week, we're going to do something different. If you hear a background noise that you're not used to hearing on this podcast, you might hear a clicking noise or a spinning noise. That's because right now you're with me in my garage as I roast coffee. So that spinning noise or clicking noise, that's my coffee roaster at work, spinning the beans around as it heats and roasts it just wanted to give you guys a little sneak peek into that. At some point here, I'll do a video and show you what home roasting is all about. But I really want to thank all of you guys for your support and encouragement for this project and podcast over the past couple weeks and months. It really means the world to me. Uh, I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you're learning. And really, I hope you're learning in order to be a more educated, 
and better coffee consumer to find out what you personally like and how to find it. Specifically, I want to thank two people, and that's the winners of the contest where I asked you guys to leave a rating and review of the podcast on iTunes and let me know. I want to thank Joyce from California and Craig from Texas. You guys are freaking awesome. You rock. Thank you so much for the support. And you guys are going to have a one-pound bag of coffee headed your way very shortly. And as I record this, Joyce, your natural processed Ethiopia coffee is currently roasting right now. Thank you guys so much. I will see you next week for another podcast episode. Take care.